everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of What You Know It, the Iconist Podcast. First and foremost, thank you for tuning in. And remember, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Please don't let the show be a secret. We're growing, we're growing, we're growing. We've over 100 episodes, we're growing. And, and it's still weekly. We haven't, you know, put it in yet. They're giving up yet. Right here. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, as one of you know, I'm your one of your hosts, Barry 3D. You know, and we all know the joke. We know the joke. Hey! And you can find all my links and everywhere I'm going to be at Barry3D.com. So it's Barry, B-A-R-R-Y-3D.com. Check out my tour date, see where I'm going to be, uh, all live events, and what else I'm doing online. I, I got to still, you know, I'm always updating the tours. I got to put some more stuff in the blogs, but things are coming. Big, big, big things coming, you know, or big for me, so milestones for me. So I'm very happy about that. As always, I do this show with the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only who has the turbos rocking on a Wednesday and other days and nights, day and night. Okay, I'm not going to sing, but, you know, uh, my best friend, my cousin, the one and only. DJ Rodsey. Good day, good afternoon, good after morning, wherever you may be. Yes, welcome to another episode of Iconist. The Iconist is, the icon is... No, I'm not going to say, because, you know, that's my spiel. He's the, ta-da guy, and like, aha, I'm, I'm the, that's, that's, you know, what I am. Anyway, that, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to have some fun. But as we always say, there is some little uh, um, in-house keeping that we must do. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. First and foremost, you got to support the books because the books are what gives us our topic to talk about. And if you want to go and get those books, you got to hit two places for sure. So if you're out in Kitchener, please head over to Wow Comics and tell Wes and the boys we said hi. And also for our friends and, and fans and whoever in Montreal, head on over to Check Swings on the South Shore. Tell Trevor and the rest of the guys we said hi because, you know, manners make it the man. On top mm-hmm. of that. We got to do a shout out to Brandy Ford for the writer and the wit. She's got her magazine coming out every month and you can always catch her on the radio station. So you got to look out her links. She's out there. She's actually brought, you know, three times a week. Now she's doing her show, you know, uh, and she's just uh, off the rails. So yeah, we're going to be on that show uh, soon enough in the coming up in the near future. Mm. Uh, also, you know, me and the boys. Right. So that's me, Barry 3D Carter, along with uh, Dave Sokolowski and Zolf Ali. Check it out. It's a touch of gray matter. We've got some videos. We are getting back and we're still doing our uh, our live events. We have, um, you know, two books so far, a lot more coming. And we always have special guests on our shows. And we do a lot of them as fundraisers. So please come out and support. Now, the man that makes us look so pretty. The man that makes it look so we're not just a black screen and nothing on there that kind of catches the eye. And the one who put our logo together and worked with us so well. And... If you care about your product, he'll work with you too. The one and only, who am I talking about, Rod? Jay Bird Digital Art. Jay Bird Digital Arts. Reach out to our boy, Jason Reese. You tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, and he'll give you a discount. There you go. So thank you very much, Jay, for all you do. And hey, if you haven't seen, he's made some new templates for me. Check out our YouTube shorts on the Iconist podcast uh, on our web, uh, YouTube page. And you'll see them in there, me as a Mountie. And of course, me finally getting Battle Chasers issue number 10. Uh, well, back on June 14th. But, you know, got it after Ooh. 22 years. Come on, Joe. He actually liked that. And Joe actually wished me a happy birthday. He saw me doing my, my hunt for it. So that was a blessing moment. That's awesome. Nice. Also. 
If you think you can do what we do, that's fine. There's more than enough room for everybody. And if you want to know where you want to do your podcast, then you got to go and check out a hosting site. And the one, the one we use is podbean.com. Check out podbean.com. They got great deals and they make it really easy. Even I was able to get our show on there. So if I can do it, you can do it. And everyone has a voice. And it's a lot of fun to be podcasting. It's such a great world to be a part of. Sweet. Mm. Carolina. Rod, where can we find you? What's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. That's M-R-R-O-D-C. You can also find me on the Twitch, twitch.com forward slash DJ Rod C. Ah, but you also can find me on the Tick and the Talk. The Tick and the Talk has DJ Rod C1, but I'm the number one. That's where you can find me. And that's it. You know, listen, always around. Have fun. Make sure you shout me out. I'll shout you back. Listen, follow me. I'll follow you. You know, that kind of vibe. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's Let's have some fun indeed. Now, this one is special because, one, Ron's a DJ. Two, I'm a dancer, right? Forget Mm. he's a DJ and I'm a rapper. It's more like he's a DJ and I'm the dancer. There we go. He's a DJ and we're both, and I'm the dancer. We're both jokers and we podcast. Here we go. And today's Mm. episode of the Iconist Podcast, the icon is Dazzler. Wow. Dazzler? Dazzler. Who like that? Marvel Comics. Oh. That is, yeah. 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 Why is this making importance with, you know, Rod being a DJ and me being a dancer? Well, Dazzler came out in 1980. Am I right or wrong? Yes, I am. February of 1980, she came out of Black History Month, One Nation, keep it real. Um, and her first appearance was in X-Men issue 130. Mm-hmm. Very. Now, I knew Dazzler. But I didn't know Dazzler. But we all go know Dazzler today. Right? Oh, and Dazzler was created by Tom DeFalco and John Rameda Jr. Condolences to John Rameda Sr. He just recently passed away. And he has such great art and storylines that he's put together for years. And his son is definitely continuing that, following in Dad's footsteps. Well, that he just started recently. But the two of them, awesome, awesome, awesome. So, you know, we, we, we lost another one. But... You know, his work stands on, and that's the beauty of it, that he shared that with us. So we have to really show mm. that out. So going back, this is what this character came out to be. Now, when we see Dazzler, she made her first appearance, I said, in X-Men issue 130, which was awesome. It, and it was monumental because you realize, you know, let's, let's go back a little bit. Dazzler had a, you know, a, a, a.k.a. Allison Blair. You know, so she's appeared in, the, you know, of course, I said the X-Men, that was her first thing, but she's appeared in also uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. She appeared in yep. uh, other books, and they, they, they never really knew what to do with her. It seemed like she was a little bit, you know, one way, another way, and, and it's not anyone's fault. They just didn't know. Yep. Because the character, the, the concept for Dazzler came about in maybe 1979. Yes. <laughs> Burn, baby, burn, disco inferno. She came out during the disco era. That's where she was born. And at the time, Marvel was trying to make a lot of characters. Well, not a lot, but they wanted to come up with new characters that fit what was going on. So, you know, last week we talked about Rocket Racer. Yep. Who I should have said to be Cosmic Racer. Oh. And, you know, I but far-fetched, but double back, you'll see my points. Dazzler came out, once again, in that genre, in the disco 
era genre. So we had Nightcat, which was another Marvel property, and they had like a character live action to do music, and it was based off a real person, but it had someone else doing the singing. Dazzler was the tail end of that, you know, the right. catch the disco era. I mean, it, it, people look at disco now, and for who knows disco, knows disco. And disco was huge, huge. It, disco was so huge. I mean, it had its moments where the, the 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 singers were you know they're up to now you still know them you hear them at weddings you hear them at bar mitzvahs you hear them at parties yep. old school they'll throw in a disco yep. song here and there and get remixed but it was a huge it, at one point it was outselling every other genre if you were in disco you were making a mint not even money you were making a mint and uh, then the fad died because of a radio DJ you know and then of course they got oversaturated. And then a DJ, you know, in the States kind of put on a disco burning party. And everyone's like, disco sucks. And this is where that whole movement came out. And then it's like, all right, why are you hating? He only got famous over being shocked out. So that's all I'm going to say about him. Thanks, dude. I like my disco. I like all music. And so Dark Marvel wanted to capture on that. They came up with Dazzler. Now, the interesting thing is when you see Allison Blair, Dazzler, you know, she's a, uh, you know, white woman. You know, uh, she's got like red hair. Sometimes it's blonde, strawberry blonde. You know, so they draw her different colors, and I'm fine with that. Okay, women change your hair; it's all good. She's got a lot of hair. She wears a, a white one piece, right? So it's like open shoulders, high collar, V neck, one piece with sparkly shoes. Like, you know, when you see those disco balls, it, right? Right. The shoes are made the, out of that. Look at the Michael Jackson gloves. Yes, and footwear. And footwear. It's a sequence. And footwear. Exactly. And, and of course, being disco, she always had some roller uh, roller skates that she was mm -hmm. wheels, and she's able to slap onto the bottom of the shoes, and she would get out there and and sing and dance, and that was her whole genre when she first, first came out. Mm -hmm. Burn, baby, burn, disco inferno. Uh, I was made for loving you, baby. I know I can't sing, but I do it anyways. I enjoy it. I'm happy. All right, so. This is who Dazzler was around that time. Mm -hmm. Now, 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 here's what's really interesting about Dazzler. As I said, I mentioned she was a Caucasian woman, strawberry blonde hair, red hair, you know, how you want to see it, the outfit. And, you know, she had a like, blue makeup around the eyes, right? Very like, kiss, like, you know, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Hurley, Peter Chris kind of thing going on. And it fit. At the mm -hmm. time, you're like, oh, got it. And the book yeah, if the book was released maybe five years earlier in the peak of disco, this character really would have stapled it home for me. 100%. Also, 100%. 100% for sure. Now, as I said, let me get back to the original thing. She, she, she's Caucasian now. But the original version of this character was pitched and drawn as a black woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Based off of Grace Jones. That was her original look. They drew yep. her like Grace Jones in the costume. And this and they, she had different names. She had like Disco Queen and there's other working names. But they found and you know, and then it was Disco Dazzler. And then they said, Well, just drop the disco, let's keep Dazzler. And they went with that. Okay. But it was drawn as Grace Jones. And then going back and forth, you know, uh let me get straight. Nothing dealing with racism. It was just creative ideas. They turned around and made her her, her white for this reason. So it was Marvel in collaboration with Casablanca Records. Mm -hmm. 
this record company, the CEO, you know, he says he came up with the idea. Um, uh, Jim Sterling said he came up with the idea. So we, we don't know from who came up with the idea of Dazzler first. I think maybe it's, a, you know, sometimes you get past both stories, you might get the, the, the center of it, right? So you come in from the left, you come in from the right, you get there, you get down to the center. Oh, so I think it's a bit of truth. I think Marvel wanted to capitalize on the disco era. They've done it before. If we look at Rocket Racer, he went into a genre. If you look at super certain superheroes when they're created, like Tigers of uh, the Dragon, who we talked about. Uh, sorry, right. Tigers of uh, Sons of the Tiger, who we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daughters of the Dragon. You know, they were created for that, you know, Bruce Lee martial arts phase. Right. They're going to capture, you know, Black Panther was really for the Black Panther. And during that kind of movement and the X-Men spoke on racial unrest at the time, you know, when they were first out. Okay. And that's how they're supposed to be seen. So Marvel always takes what's hot in in pop culture. Pop culture. What movement is happening at the time? And they kind of lean into it to say, this is the fad that's going on right now. Or this is, this is the pulse of the nation that's going on right now. What yes. can we, what can we pull from that into here? And it's funny you say that because uh, I was just looking at, by the time this comes out, I was just watching uh, uh, a sh- shout out to Kevin Smith, uh, Fat Man Beyond. And there was a little conf- conversation and during his show, how who started what was a Stanley on a particular conversation, Stanley with um, uh, Jack Kirby, like mm-hmm. who started what kind of scenario? Right. And the the scenario is why I'm pulling that in is at this particular point, it's like did Marvel start the conversation or did Casablanca Records start the conversation? And reality, sometimes you could be like one person say, "Hey, I have an idea for something," and you know what? What do you think? Now, at that point, was it the person who started the conversation or was the person who ended the conversation per se with a helpful idea? Who started what? So, but as Barry would say. We weren't there, so we can't say. But no. if we're going to at least take the, the, the footnotes of what Marvel has done, what has been their MO as of up to that point, what has been the MO of Marvel, they would lean into what is hot, what's the movement, what's the pulse of the nation at that time, and try to find, to capitalize on that. Disco is now, again, at the height of it, kind of not coming down but it's at the height of it let's yeah. work on finding on on making an ip that's related uh that has you know can draw in any of the young young viewers the young readers you know who who are into disco we can capitalize on that part of the, that part of the uh capital vein saying that's you know that's that's what marvel would do so who did it first marvel castle black records eh, i don't know but the track record could say you let's could say. say allegedly, allegedly, you can say on that angle. Let's just make it all political before someone comes after us. But that's what I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What am I just saying? So, what you're saying? EPMD, there we go. All right. Uh, so that so let's go back before we jump further into the character. Let's talk a little bit more. I believe about Casablanca Records, so everyone understands. So Casablanca Records uh, was around for a while. They did kind of go belly mm-hmm. up, unfortunately. So, you know, um, they they were founded in June 19th, 1973. Wow. June 19th. Gemini! <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I know this episode is old, but June 19th is also my boy Sean's birthday. So, Sean, once again, shout mm. you out, Mr. Blades. There we go. June 19th. Yeah. And it was founded by Neil Bogart, Larry Harris, Cecil Holmes, and uh, Buck Reingold. And, and now and Bogart is the main person that was working along on his side about wanting that. So he might have saw the potential in what was happening in Marvel, you know, some kind of pulp media and wanted to expand. And that's who was kind of saying, was saying, hey, kind of cool if we have someone there, like a character like that, maybe put him in media. And the plan was to make Dazzler, start off as Grace Jones. They changed it, um, you know, the character from, you know, black to white. And then they were giving the character a live action series or a live action movie or, or, or episode, like a TV series, like a TV movie. There we go. Live action with mm-hmm. Allison Blair to come out there being the Dazzler. At this point, though, the company started kind of hitting some financial trouble, so they couldn't really go through with what their full plan was. Disco was on the tail end, so things just weren't working. You know, it was like, right, you know, right idea, wrong time, so to speak. Once again, if it was five years earlier, might have had a chance. I mean, you know, so I figure it was 1975, 76. They might have had a, a better chance, and we would have probably heard about her in a different light. That being said, so Neil's behind this uh, on that slide, James Sterling on the Marvel side, and. For the, just to let you know, the bands that they had underneath them was very interesting. So who was signed to Casablanca Records? Well, there was Kiss, who we just mentioned. So that's Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Furley, and Peter Chris, the original mm-hmm. four members before they all started doing the infighting and split and only two show up on tour and they got other two fill in. So yes, the original four members of Kiss. You know, I was made for loving you, to Detroit Rock City. That's what we're talking about. Also, mm-hmm. Donna Summer. Donna Summer was another person that was under the Casablanca label that was signed. She was, you know, once again, a disco diva herself. So you got Kiss, you got, uh, you know, Donna Summer. Cher. Cher, that's right. Sonny and Cher, Cher, exactly that Cher that was going out with, you know, what's-her-name's ex-boyfriend there, uh, Amber Rose's ex-boyfriend. Now they split up. Mm. That was a weird pairing, but Cher still, yeah, go on, Cher, you do you. You know, uh, and then, then this is this is the one that blows my mind. Parliament. Bow wow wow, you be yo, you be yay, bow wow, you be yo, you be yay. Atomic dog. So George Clinton Parliament. Now Parliament was multiple divisions in there, so it was Parliament, it was Parliament mothership. So they had them. So that's George Clinton, Bootsy Collins. Yep. The, the, the whole P-Funk era was under Casablanca Records. Now, when this episode is over, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and look up Parliament. Or watch Tales from the Tour Bus by Mike Judge, the same guy who does King of the Hill. And when mm. we talked about King of the Hill, we talked yep. about Monsignor um, Martinez. That Mike Judge, he has a show, two seasons. It's called... Tales from the Tour Bus. Season one's about country music. Season two, all about funk music. And they do a, uh, what was it, two-part episode on George Clinton because of his influence. So it's like George Clinton, then you see Bootsy Collins. Really informative. You'll see what we're talking about. And if you YouTube some of his their live shows, wow. Atomic Dog is still, still my thing. Atomic Dog and Flashlight. Yeah, okay. So this is the influencer coming with Bringing it down over to a pulp character, which is Dazzler, 
and that's where they wanted to blend. So looking at Casablanca right now, they do have a strong between Cher, Donna Summer, Kiss, and Parliament. They got a ride a wide range of collective music from different genres that they could have kind of steered this character to, or maybe a blend of. And 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 somewhat Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan kind of signed under a Casablanca thing like later on. It was like someone else, Tommy Matola, but part of that, yeah, the actress Lindsay Lohan, who's now, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Okay. If you know Lindsay, you know, she had a song called Rumors. Look at her song, Rumors. That song was funky. That, I wish she did more like that. Being if you like it or not, I liked it. So this is Alison Blair. That's how she comes out. And she comes out and her, her, her first series, the original series ran for 45 issues, I think it is. 42 issues. You know, the original run. And then, of course, it was a four-issue miniseries. It was called Dazzler, the movie. So, getting ahead of myself. So, she's born to her parents, obviously. Her mom ends up leaving. Her dad never tells her more about the mom. She does, the dad really never talks about the mom. The dad's always, you know, Allison's mom, uh, sorry, is gone out of the picture. Dad doesn't say much about her. She ended up leaving because she got drawn into the other life. I guess she wanted to go into showbiz herself. She got attracted with other men, drugs, blah, blah, blah. So, Allison's father is raising her. Single dad, doing what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. He sees that his daughter, his daughter has a talent. At one point later, you know, early on, she wants to sing. And he's, like, getting flashbacks of his ex, thinking he doesn't want Allison to go down the same road. So he really pushes the school aspect of that. I get that. Because as every parent, you want your child to dream. You want your child to change your, chase their dreams. But you also want to make sure your child has a foundation. Because, you know, show business is a tough business. So he pushed for her to at least have something to fall back on. That's... That makes 100% sense to me on any side of the spectrum, even though I'm in show business myself. It does make sense. I get it. So the long story is, Allison from Young, he pushed her to study, study, study. She's in school. She she graduates as a lawyer. But she always had singing in the back of her mind. So she would sing at talent shows, sing here, not really let her dad know but she has a voice. Like everyone would hear her sing and go, Oh, this child's got chops. Mm-hmm. And that's where her passion was. But to keep her dad happy, she had to kind of do that. So where it comes down to is finally, you know, um they they she goes on her journey. Sorry, and I'm looking at here, the Archies. I forgot that one, the Archies. That was another major influence. So let me sidetrack for half a second here. You have the Archies, like the Archie cartoon. So that's you know. Uh, Archie Andrews, Jughead, uh, Reggie, and they had that song, Sugar, da, da, na, da, na, na, oh, honey, honey. Yeah, there we go. You can get the remix by Baby Bash. That was really good. Okay, so we talking music, man. I'm excited. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Allison goes to school. Mom's gone, turns around. Allison now says, all right, um, doing this music thing. She goes for a talent show. And when she goes for a talent show, she starts singing. Now, her powers are, I would say, transmutation. She transmutes vibrations and and sound. So sound or any vibration into light. So when, you know, a a car driving by in the street, you know, any background noise, it doesn't have to be a specific noise. But of course, when she's singing, that is seen as noise. And her power came about when she was doing one of these teenage shows, and a lot of lights started flashing, and people who were watching going, oh, wow, this is amazing! 
great light show. That's a her lot of money to put into that. Yeah. No, that is within her. That's within her. They didn't realize. I thought it was a black, um, a, a light show that was happening that maybe her, she set up, her and the band. But that was really her that was putting out those lights. Now, at the time, it was just lights going out. Not much to think about it. And so you realize, okay, guess what? She hit puberty. She's lights are about her. Oh, she's a mutant. Ba, ba, ba. She kind of puts it away. She doesn't really divide, divide, dive in to see how strong of a mutant she is. Right. But she's tougher than you think. You know what I mean? Like, this is Scotiabank, you're richer than you think. Yeah, she's tougher than you think. So you'd see her in a costume in white rollerblades, I mean, not rollerblades, roller skates, disco, right. and you're like, oh, okay, she does lights, not realizing the extent of her powers. So here's where we go. She gets in, you know, goes through school, graduates, becomes a lawyer, and then decides that, and she, at the time, she kind of did music here and there. She is aware that she is a mutant. She never told anybody. Everyone thinks the light show that happened the first time, you know, or every time she sings, the light show happens. She turns around and tells people, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I put together a special light show. And then, like, how'd you do it? You know, she's like, it's my secret. Because now she's using that as a selling point. But she can sing. So it's not just a gimmick with her. She can really, really sing. So she decides when she graduates that she's going to follow music. She's like, that's it. Dad, I'm doing music. Case closed. Um, but don't want dad to know, so to speak. So I've got to come up with a name. Dazzler. And she's going around nightclubs. She's touring around the New York scene doing that. Once again, that, that story makes a lot of sense to me so far. Nothing far-fetched because that's pretty much the beginning origins of Lady Gaga. She went around the New York scene, underground clubs, and she was doing a lot of singing in these clubs. She came up to Montreal, and she was even at Montreal one time just hanging out and very into the rap scene. Even though she didn't perform, she would go up there and see rap artists at one club there in Montreal on St. Catherine Street called Fufun Electric. So if you know about Fufun Electric or the, the you know, she was there. This is before she was Lady Gaga. You don't know, now you know. <laughs> so all this is very based in reality. It makes the character very tangible. That, that's the word I'm looking for. It makes the character very tangible. Allison gets out there, and then she shows up in that first issue of X-Men. Now, when she was in X-Men, when she was in Spider-Man, and when, I can't remember the other book she was in, they always depicted her powers different ways. One point, her, her, her lasers come out of her eyes. And then at the time, it's coming out of her hands. They didn't know. But when she was in X-Men issue 130, 130, they made her very street smart, which I wouldn't be surprised by. I'm never saying that. And then other times, made her a little bit more naive. I personally like the street smart Allison right. Blair. Right. Yep. Logically, it makes sense, right? You're smart. You, you're a lawyer. You're in show business. You have to be street smart to understand sometimes how to get past some of the shady deals and not get caught up in a situation. And I said, you're in New York, going around the New York nightclub. So you're going to meet shady people. You got to be street smart to know, you know, when to stay away, when to stay, when to go. So you got to be very aware. Yeah, not to be taken advantage. That's basically exactly. having an understanding. Exactly. So, so when she comes in, she, she she's part of that storyline where, you know, let's say the Dark Phoenix arc, Jean Grey Dark Phoenix arc is when Allison makes her Appearance in X Men issue one in uh, thirty, you know, and you can even see her in the Phoenix Saga if you have Disney Plus or the only original X Men cartoon. She mm -hmm. she's in that part where Scott 
leaves, goes to a bar with Gambit, and they see her in the distance, and she's getting harassed by some members, and you realize they're members of the Hellfire Club because they know she's a mutant. Right. Okay. So that's the beginning story arc of Allison. A lot of meat on the bone. You, you got, you know, she comes from a broken home, not much about her mom. That means mom's not dead. Mom's just out there. That's that's a pin in it subplot. There we go. She's a mutant. She's got to have, if she's in high school, you know, just like a teenage girl, she's going to be in high school. You're singing. You're going to be popular. You're not going to be a loner in a corner not talking to anybody. She has a friend group. She starts a band. She goes into the music industry and does get signed in the music industry to make records. And now you have a real-life record company that wants to push Dazzler as a product for the disco era because when I say the disco era was huge, if you have a song called Disco Duck, the era is huge, okay? When a duck is doing disco, the era is huge and the record sold, okay? Uh, I know so because I own the, the 45. If you don't know what a 45 is, Google it after the show. <laughs> I don't, yeah, you had 12 inches, you had 45. I know how it sounds. <laughs> Google it after the show. All right, Rod, so what, what was your take on Dazzler just at the beginning here? Listen, at the beginning, I mean, getting the intro of her life was great. Now, because we, we get an understanding that this is a person who is trying to get herself out of, I'll say poverty. Right. But she, she knows she's, she, she's in a lifestyle that she knows that, you know, she can do better. Realizing that she has a spark, like, okay, we even get to the street smart aspect. Let's just go that for one. She's, she's a talented individual. She realized that she has the, the ability to sing. So she, like you said, she's, was she a popular kid type of scenario? For someone to have the uh, the stage presence, to be able to have that outgoing type of ability to say, I'm going to be on stage and sing and have that type of vibration, you know, this is a person who's an outgoing kid. This is an outgoing individual, right? So we're going to start with that. She's having this, say, street smarts, but realizing that her father realized that you have a mind, you have a good mind on you, a good head on your shoulders, and basically getting her to work, you know, keep up with her schoolwork. So she's a smart kid. To have the ability to to be a, a lawyer again. Listen, I, I just know there's a couple of you know a couple of phrases you know paragraph this you know you know injunction law and all that kind of stuff. I will be left, right, and center. I don't know where. And anybody I'm representing, we're gonna try to work this out together. I can't. Remember, <laughs> I'm just telling that right now. Um, but she was able to hold her own and be able and be able to become a lawyer. So that's just to show you that that you know. That Allison was not. Um, she has the ability. She's not a pushover. No, she understood. Pushover, yeah. She's not a pushover. So and now we even even dipping into what Barry's saying. Now now she's the performer. She you know she's going up there. She's winning you know singing contests and stuff like that. Again, part of the story arc that you know you don't see too much, but we could definitely dig into later on. Uh, you know when we start talking about plan casting and you know getting a storyline for her. These are these are the sections that you know could easily be nicely developed or we could dig into. But she's a lawyer. She's an entertainer. She understands the business aspect, the musical industry business aspect of it. And she should know how to technically put herself in the proper place. So yeah, I I like her with that. 
then then we find out you know she's a mutant she has she has particular in you know, abilities and again her first type of um break quote unquote into her mutant power is just a light show but once she started to realize that that was coming out of her herself she was smart enough again street smarts business smarts industry smarts i got to use it to my ability to you know make a niche for myself to market myself to brand myself right to go out and do that now we're going to go i want to go back to the influence that you know created her grace jones now when you look at allison uh blair you see dazzler in the you know in the 1980s you know original cut and copy and stuff like that she basically as barry said she's in a white like uh skin tight outfit got the glitter boots and everything along the line. Um, she also had her above her eyes, around, on her, around the surface of her eyes, was had makeup. The closest right. makeup uh, rendition I would say for right now is basically thinking of Deadpool's, how his his eyes are white, just without a mask. Yeah, yeah. That type of diamond shape on the eyes. That was basically what she she was kind of like. Um, Descripted and displayed to be out. Why I'm, yeah. why I wanted to also bring that is because the 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 reference that she was based off is Grace Jones. Grace Jones would be an individual who has made herself. She knew how to brand herself as an artist, not only as a musical artist because she was out of Casablanca, but she also went into movies and became an actress and in the, in that regard as well. But during the time she was a model, she was a she was a, a runway model, and yeah, because getting herself that, that, was it Moonwaker, I think it was with uh, uh, Roger Moore. Well, Roger Moore, right? Um, she also did uh, Boomerang was later on in life type of scenario mm. with Eddie. But in, in in those early days, she basically got her her foot in the door for being you know a model, being a singer, and that kind of rendition. But she branded herself having these outlandish type of you know shock type of imagery that made people look like, oh, you're Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. I like it. I didn't expect that, but I like it. This is what Dazzler uh, basically was portrayed. So when you see her on stage, she just knew to make herself presentable. They drew her in that type of presentable aspect of being an artist and getting a niche for herself. So yeah, I liked her with all like that. And again, understanding her powers, we didn't get to it later on, but she started to understand that basically sound and noise, vibration is what kind of manipulated and as Barry said, transition her translucent her to have, you know, luminant type of powers at first. So those are those are the nice little key things of things are different. And you know, I I will say this before we I switch back to Barry that what I like as well as this is one one mutant power. That was very um, something that you couldn't really hide. No, you, you know what I mean. Like, like it's basically it's like Sunfire in that sense. Like, you know, you're you're like you know, like the Human Torch in a sense. Like, you know, you're just full of flames. You can't hide that. Mm-mm. This Mm-mm. individual, just to, for her to you know all sounds and you know vibration, she just turns into a a, a walking light bulb. <laughs> it's gonna be obvious. Where did all that just come from? Hard She's drive by. She got the glow, and all of a sudden you're glowing. I can't even see. I need shade. <laughs> oh, see you. The glow. <laughs> so, uh, 
Blow. Anyway, we won't even the last that. dragon, uh, baby. He's got the blow. Uh, oh, no, I was I was going to uh, coming back to America. <laughs> yeah, I know so you were right. Glow. <laughs> so glow. Oh boy, when you said the glow, but, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I realized where you're going that way. Uh, but basically, it's different, and I like it that basically you now have someone who has to control her in her power, but realizing her powers is something that you know is just very obvious that you're different. So having the ability that, you know, this character was able to write her her power into a way that is like, it's obvious, it's me, but no one realizing that I'm actually have a mutant power. It's just part of my niece, part of my branding. That's what I like yeah. about that. I've always thought, I've always, honestly, I've always thought that from years ago. It was like, it's quite interesting that this person can literally walk around like, oh, that glitter and glow. Like, say, oh, you just went, who got the portable po- spotlight on her? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll sign. I'll sign right here. Dazzle. Dazzle. Here. You, she breaks. Yeah, she breaks. I'm saved. You know that's it. Yeah. Not really. And there's no portable spotlight on her. Hmm. Interesting. Well, exactly. And I'm very happy they went with the light powers because her original power set mm-hmm. would have been first of all would have been based off of Grace Jones, and then the power set would have been her influences and make people tell the truth like she was supposed to be a walking lie detector or, or you know like wonder woman yeah. has her truth lasso she was supposed to make people mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm. the truth and it yeah. was uh you know uh the jim shooter turned out like, nah, i think that's yeah. kind of yeah. yeah it's kind of boring we got to get do something yeah. different we can't really write stories about telling the truth so all right, all what's more yeah. you know it's more the light powers and putting her in a situation so yes absolutely so that's where it comes into now with with her power set, her storyline, she's in a lot of major storylines. So in issue, mm-hmm. I go back to this one, issue 130 of the X-Men, there's a lot going on. So that is the time Chris Claremont and John Bryan were, you know, doing the book. So the storyline, yep, art, excellent. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, that's the Phoenix Saga that's going on. So that's the, the beginning of the Phoenix Saga. Jean Grey is still understanding her powers. She has the green and yellow costume with the Phoenix on it. She hasn't gone to Dark Phoenix at this point. You know, there's hints of it there, but her power is getting stronger and stronger. The, mm-hmm. So the X-Men go because they have to go on a rendezvous, not a rendezvous mission, but they detect mutants in the city. So the team kind of splits up-ish. It, you know, so Kitty Pride is also in this issue. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, Cyclops goes um, the checkout. And I can't remember. I think he went, I'm not sure if he went with Wolverine or I mean, I'm sure I have to read the book again. But I know Cyclops is at the club scoping out the final who who is this new mutant. And then Gene shows mm-hmm. up. And it's like, uh oh, what okay, Jean is like she almost had an awkward moment. So there was a okay. lot going on, and Chris is such a great writer, Chris Claremont. So Scott's there, he's looking for the mutant. He knows she's within the building. He determined it's Dazzler. So he goes to talk to Dazzler. Jean shows up, seems like she has a jealousy fit. And then when he's trying to talk to Jean, she kind of brushed him off. You can see it, but he did it really well in X-Men the cartoon. She brushes him <laughs> off because Mastermind has been playing games with her mind, trying to convince Jean that she's time jumping to get her under control brainwash to be part of the brotherhood of no sorry the uh yeah the inner circle, the inner circle from the hellfire club hellfire no that's that's right you're right actually yeah hellfire. yeah with sebastian shaw i know i've also said brotherhood and neil muse but the inner circle hellfire club so that's you know sebastian shaw you know emma frost at the time was with them before her and you know so it, it, mm-hmm. it's so many things and at one point the, they had these mandroids so these like armored units there are men inside these armored units that were supposed to be for shield but because sebastian shaw is also a weapons manufacturer he had his own version of what tony stark did gave it to his agents and they kidnapped part of the x-men and kitty and ends up saving them kitty pride you know she stole new so all this was a lot happening within you know issue 130 131 you know 
around that time. And they turn around and make it say uh, an offer saying, hey, we know you're a mutant. Do you want to join the team? She's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, but you'll get hunted down. Hey, I can handle myself. I'm good. I don't want to get into this mutant superhero stuff. My passion is music. I'm doing that right now. I know I have powers. Thank you. Keep my secret and I'll keep yours. And we'll walk away and call it a day. Mm-hmm. That was their first run in with Dazzler. That's how it kind of essentially played out. Now, going forward during the mutant massacre, she's she's a key person in that. You know, and there's and there's like really major stories with Dazzler that, you know, there's like so much to cover. You just have to read um follow the main X-Men books. See at one point, you know, X-Men were thought they were dead and then he came back to life and you know, and then they were living in Australia at one point. And she was a part of the team, so she changed her style. So she cut her hair, made it very short. She wore like blue tights with a kind of like little stars, not stars, but like little designs on them that looked like light stars or, uh, you know, something along those lines. And she wore a brown jacket. Now, here's my favorite. That's one of leading up to my favorite parts in this storyline. So mm-hmm. during her time with the X-Men, you know, she's on and off with the X-Men. She's joined other groups like Excalibur, the Gladiators, mm-hmm. so forth, uh, X-Factor. Mm-hmm. But she turns around. And, you know, she's with S.H.I.E.L.D., the 198, you know, yada, yada, yada. She's always been around. Heralds of Galactus. So when it gets really interesting is now she's starting to use her powers a little bit more. Now, during one of the X-Men run-ins when she's with the X-Men, they do fight the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. This is when Rogue was a villain with Mystique, Destiny, (gasps) Blob, exactly, uh, Pyro, uh, you know, uh, Avalanche, like that team Mm -hmm. of Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And the, the X Men fought them, so not feeling certain people like Rogue. Then, of course, Rogue joins the X Men, and now you have Rogue and Dazzler on the X Men. Dazzler still has ill feelings towards her from when she was, you know, when Rogue was part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. That version right. was it with Mystiques. Right. Not feeling her, not feeling her. But then we bring in a little a person here. And I'm gonna bring the, you know, I gotta say this one right because this one, this one's for my boy Kevin. Kevin, this one's for you. They bring in my one of one of Kevin's favorite characters. You know, there's there's Thief Parchance, which is Gambit. <laughs> Kevin always loves saying that. And then there's the other one, Long Shot. That one's for you, Kevin. All right, and they bring in Long Shot. So Long Shot had his own miniseries. We'll have to dive into Long Shot, you know, another time. But the importance of Longshot in this is now Longshot shows up. He comes from the Mojo world. He he gets there with the X-Men. And so we'll explain this in detail another time because we're really focusing on Dazzler. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, the ladies find him cute. So Rogue finds Longshot cute. Dazzler finds Longshot cute. And it seems that, you know, and he's he's not flirting with one or the other. He's just being polite to both. But they're still trying to get his feelings because they're catching, they're, they're up in their fields with this guy. So, you know, now, Dazzler didn't like Rogue because she came from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Mm. And now, even more so, because she's crushing on the guy that she's crushing on. Drama, drama, drama. Drama, drama, drama. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. Yeah. Let's kick this. Okay, I'm good. Uh, so now there's where it comes into. So when I say this is one of my favorite parts of the storyline, because it's always the little nuances, the, the little things that I love 
when it comes to these things. And I was hoping they were going to do it, and then they didn't do it. And, and, and I was still going to talk about it my way. So we know that eventually, Longshot, Dazzler have a relationship with all the freeway potential rogue in there, rogue not, okay, finally realizing that Allison likes him. That was the case, but then he likes her back. They start dating. Okay, rogue backs off, even though she'll flirt with him just to piss Allison off. You know, so that's their little rivalry. It's it's almost like Betty Veronica and Archie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have their relationship and it goes on. And then during this relationship, at one point, you know, Allison gets taken, she gets amnesia, then she gets her memory back. Yep. You know, and then she sees Longshot because Longshot got taken. He goes back to Mojo World and he comes back and she remembers him, but he doesn't remember her because now he has amnesia. And then he gets his memory back. This is what it is. It's a soap opera. We know it's a soap opera at this point. But the key point about this is, let's jump forward a couple of years, shall we? Writers change. Artists change. Comic books and and storylines have to change. It's it's evolution. It's progression. And it got into this one point, and it teased us fans for a long time. And then they they totally wrecked it. And for me, it should have stayed that way. So we bring in Rob Leefield, starts doing New Mutants, right? And he brings in Deadpool, I think in New Mutants number 97. Brings in, you know, Cable is in there before that. The Xavier is gone. The mansion is destroyed. So they're living underground because the mansion has an upper level and it has a below ground level, like a whole bunker. That's where their danger room is at. The, the right. Blackbird okay. is being kept. You know, the plane, right. the X-Men using all that. None of them are there. They're staying there, you know, as their base of operations. He's training the new mutants to be go from new mutants to be X Force, and X Force, you know, you you bring in another character from Mojo World. That's what they were saying at the time, and it was Shatterstar. And Shatterstar always kind of somewhat alluded, never fully concrete, that oh, my parents, yeah, they were X Men, and it seemed that you know how he it was written. That his parents should have been Longshot and Dazzler. He looked mm. like Longshot. Yep. Right? Longshot only has four fingers, not five. Only has four toes, not five. That's difference, right? So he's got a thumb and three fingers. Almost like a Simpsons character. Hollow right. bones make him very light and, and flex and, and, and agile. He's got that. Mm-hmm. He's got more of a warrior spirit. He's got the warrior spirit, like Longshot, but he's more serious. Longshot was more, at times, playful, whimsical, lighthearted. Yeah. And yeah. Shatterstar is all about being a warrior. But the other part of it is, is Shatterstar had power over light. He would take sound and be able to focus that out of his body and shoot a laser out of it through his weapons to channel it or his hands. You know, he just didn't use it often because he didn't see it as a... Uh, honorable way to fight now if you look at long shot you get it you look at dazzler like that that she had light powers and they always seem to do it and there's even a panel where it showed kind of dazzler a little bit older and long shot a little bit older and one of the issues and you see shatterstar in the distance they're kind of looking and smiling at him so i'm like this is awesome and then for some reason they made the decision to change all of that. They they made Shatterstar. He wasn't from Mojo World. He was just someone from Earth, and his spirit got transported somewhere, and he got reincarnated. It's not Dazzler and Longshot's kid. I'm like, 
Come on, because time passed differently we're, in Mojo World. It took. We were, we were right there. We were right there. It right. Was, it was this, literally see, right there. We were right there. Marvel. This is why we get stuff like Emma Frost is marrying Tony's uh, Tony Stark. Like, oh, really? Yeah. You know, this is stuff where you turn around and, and I'm going to rant for half a second here. You turn around and you kill off uh, Miss Marvel, Camilla Harris. You kill her off in, in one issue and make a big deal about it. But in the wedding issue that's coming out in the promo art of Tony Stark marrying Emma Frost, if you look at Stinger's shoulder, who's sitting on her shoulder? Camilla Harris, Miss Marvel. Okay. Y'all need an editor-in-chief. That's going on align all this like how it used to be old school so mm. this is what got me and now that is where i'm going to say i like this so dazzler started off as a tail end of the music industry working with casablanca it went back and forth the reason that marvel got more control is because casablanca went bankrupt so marvel was able to take full control of this character and finally give her some direction and they put her in there now before we keep going on we'll talk about some of her powers right yeah. So she has the ability to convert convert sound into light in various forms of intensity. Light energy granting flight, invisibility, hologram generation, light projection, ultraviolet light, you know, sound release, uh, you know, light shield, light beam, polarizing eyes, you know, preventing blindness and dazzlement from light. Great. She's also a trained singer, actress, and dancer. So, you know, she's being a triple threat, which is normal. And they said highly skilled athlete and hand-to-hand combat fighter. So I'm not sure about the hand-to-hand, but, you know, she does hold her own. And highly accomplished roller skater. And then there's another mm. one here uh, they call uh, electro, uh, electro, Electronician. Yeah. Okay. So she's got a lot of powers. Great. I've, it, you've seen her use them in different various ways. And, you know, just not, not like even way more than Boom Boom from New, you know, New Mutants. Boom Boom from New Mutants was just like, okay. Makes a bomb, boom. Okay, one, two, three, whatever. So, right, very cool. I I love the relationship between her and Longshot. I think that should stand the test of time. Jessica had to kind of tease us with Gambit and Rogue. I, I think that would be the ultimate double date, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a mini series that could happen. It, it, it'd be very funny and a lot of adventure, right? When you put all those four together, I mean, come on, Gambit, Rogue, Alice, you know, the Dazzler with Longshot. That that there is a mini series waiting to happen. Call it road trip or something. I don't care. Yeah. So she's got all this. And they had it to a point that because she could have been, you know, the mother of Longshot. In my, sorry, Shatterstar. Yeah, so yeah, in my yeah. head, yeah, in my head, it will, oh, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not looking at what they did after because Shatterstar is one of the characters I liked. We will talk about him. We, we, we will stick with what it is. So she started off with the music area. She dealt with other music characters within the Marvel Universe, like uh, Lila Shenley, who was, you know, she'd be on Earth, and she would teleport in outer space and then come back, and, you know, she was a big rock singer, you know, interplanetary rock singer, a star. She, you know, Allison just didn't, you know, she did the X-Men thing. She actually walked away and wanted to go back to just a normal showbiz life, still pursuing it. So she never... What we miss is... Maybe her using some of her, not so much street smarts, not so much her, her skills as an X-Men, but her skills in law. I think there's natural progression for her to go two ways. One, be an entertainment lawyer. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Entertainment lawyer. Yeah. Or really let them flesh out that storyline with her and Longshot having a Ute, having, mm. having Shatterstar. That, that's, that's all I wanted to see. I didn't want to see how Marvel 
went off the rails with them. I'm sorry. I know I did a lot of talking to Rod. Wait, what do you say? No, 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 no. no. Listen, it, you know, that's not a bad idea coming from that aspect. Like with her, she also, I mean, with her powers, you know, having the ability to radiate, like I said, you know, just like a ball type of, uh, as mm. well. But she also learned and trained herself to be able to be very precision in the sense, like, imagine it, you know, you're getting, she basically was able to, like, say, you know, point with her finger, basically having, like, a fine-tuned type of precise type of directional shot, projectile, light beam. And again, she can make her lights as 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 light, mm-hmm. transparent, or as dense as actually physically feeling something, like feeling a hit. So, yes. you know, these are other things that, you know, the other, you know, abilities that she had. She also had the ability to, uh, at one point, to make, like, holographic, you know, projection of herself, you know, and just be doing, like, like a mirage from Transformer. Ah? Uh, ah? Uh, or, uh, watch this, watch this. She's also she's doing, like, you know, holographic type of projection, like, Gem and the holograms. Synergy. Truly outrageous. Truly just Wow. Who knows, wow. who knows if that was based off of Dez Dazzler wow. or not? I'm, I don't know. I just to say. At one point, are... Gem was under Star Comics, which was a division of Marvel. Wow. Wow. Truly outrageous. Truly, truly outrageous. But these are the things that, you know, that you can pull out from her. So I definitely like that she has these particular abilities. Again, the create the creative mindset of what you can do with someone who has a light-based type of power, her, her ability. Uh, I, I, I agree, and I'm happy, like, they, like you said earlier, that they initially wanted to have some type of truth serum, you know, touching someone or enhancing someone to have to be able to speak the truth. Like right. the lasso, lasso of truth, like that would have been kind of like you know honestly played out too early, too too quick, too soon. But yes. having the ability to do other things with light source, yeah. Now we can start using her as a very unique individual and be able to just give her different type of you know functionality and tasks and missions that she can do. Um, I I agree. Actually, it's a good point you brought out about her, you know seeing that if she would have gone that if they had written her down the lane of being like um using her mind uh as a lawyer let's focus on that because mm-hmm. my mind now is trying to think back and i'm thinking okay who how many lawyers do they have character who are lawyers in the marvel universe there's there's a matt murdoch mm-hmm. there is jennifer uh why did i just went blank Walter. Uh, she hulk Walter, yeah. thank you. Right, and that are quite. actual superheroes. You know, of course, there's Foggy Nelson, right. but yes, well, it, Foggy it, Nelson, but yeah, but he's not a superhero. Foggy, so we have to go. He's not a superhero. Yeah, but even 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 if even then, even where, like you're gonna pull him in as a lawyer, I put Foggy, I put him into the umbrella of Matt Murdock of yep. Daredevil. But if you're gonna yep. separate them, fine. One, two, three. That's it. We could have, you know, used another again entertainer lawyer or she 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 she's focused on entertainment but she also have the ability to do some criminal maybe it's not as high tense like jennifer or like matt, Mur- matt murdoch but you know what she could have been used for other type of you know functionalities as well but that would have been wonderful to give her that is her not her side hustle 
but her job is her main job is being a, a singer entertainer and on the days off when she's in between gigs and she's not producing whatever she can do that as well as being called the last minute you know helping out the x-men she interacted with uh spider-man uh like you said she started off interacting with spider-man basically all of well not say all of she interacted with the x-men but she was she was also let me just see i know i just saw it here earlier um oh i just well i know, you know okay the whole the whole right? well the, yeah mini series and so forth but i mean in the sense that she you know she connect you know interacted with dr doom hulk uh quasar galactus you know so so she was literally one of those individuals again who's in the new york area and she definitely interacted with other new york superheroes and individuals in her fair city so she had she had meat on the bone she connected with people so i mean that's one thing about it she wasn't she wasn't like a one-off that you know she just had her own ip and she just kind of like disappeared into the corner type of thing you never heard of her and she never interacted with other people people knew her other in other characters knew dazzle knew allison blair and realized that how phenomenal you know um mutant that she was because she, if she didn't have, if she, her powers weren't, weren't, um, if her power was useless and not just be like that, mm-hmm. she, you know, she wouldn't have the longevity that she has. She wouldn't have been interactive and interacting with other teams. Like she no, wouldn't I have her powers place. were more, her powers are more than Jubilee, for example. Yes. Yes. You know what? You're right. I would definitely add her, uh, more, more functional. Yeah. And it's no disrespect to Jubilee. But I would have her more functional than Jubilee. As I said, Jubilee, yes, would kind of spark, send off the kabooms and, you know, you, you know, the explosions and stuff and, like yeah. that, the fireworks and stuff like that. Um, but having that ability to be more precise, you know, you have a big concussion type of light blast to like, you know, flash bomb kind of scenario. Jubilee could probably do that. But having the ability, I want to take somebody else type of scenario. You know, it's like there, there are different functionalities, holograms. So, so I'm saying her powers gave her an edge over Jubilee. And I think it would be very, it just shows that she powers could have been used um, in other aspects, more aspects than we, we even have, we even scratched mm-hmm. the surface on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think there's a whole lot of stuff they missed, right? I mean, with like the whole mm-hmm. entertainment lawyer thing, I think that would really be up in her personality and uh, going that way. You know, and in the storyline, you do come across what happens with her mom. She does meet her mom. You know, at one point, there's a four-issue miniseries where it's her and Beast from the X-Men that team up. And then Beast mm-hmm. says, hey, you know, you're going to play dead to kind of protect the identity of your mom. So how do you feel about joining X-Factor at the time? She's like, huh, X-Factor, huh? So which was the original X-Men. She's always there. And I think there's some stuff that was missed. So, right. We will get down mm-hmm. to it like usual. It's fan casting, it's adaptation time. So if you had to adapt Dazzler, how how would you do it? What would you like to see? I would like to see my head is, is, is dipping in, do I want an anime? Because at least budget, not budget, mm-hmm. but she'll have the ability to use her we can broadcast her her, her, her powers in a more understandable way you know to me then 
you can have the light show, you can have the CGI and everything like that. You can't have right now. But I think we'll be able to utilize her powers and get more out of it if it was an animation or cartoon type of adaptation. Mm-hmm. That's how okay. I would take that's how it would take it for her in that regard. Right. Okay. I agree with you. All right, I see that. Yeah, that's a tough one. It it is, because it I mean she she like like if we may not have mentioned it and we'll mm-hmm. get to it. I mean in regards to that she she's already been debuted on yeah. on in a movie. She's already been debuted in a movie. Now yes. her her particular her scene wasn't that much. And it kind of was like eh, it was kind of like first class, right? I think it was. Uh no, our Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, Dark sorry, Phoenix. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yes, yeah. so she's out in the forest and you see her in the white overalls, she's making lights and all that and kind of singing and, and, and yeah. That was it. I'm like Okay, I know we got a lot of mutants that you you know you can dive into, whatever the case would be. But I, I would have I would have wanted more. So I'm realizing what they did with her just for that was kind of like pixelated. Ooh, you know, I'm like, eh, no. They didn't understand you, the essence of the character and hundred percent. It made me feel her, more Yeah. Made, they put her in her original outfit and not one of the time. So yeah. Right. Well, that time was again, yeah, no, because I would have been early mid '80s, so it would have been still kind of late for that yeah, outfit. Yeah, yeah. outfit would have been a little bit, still been a little bit late. But mm. I mean, I got, I got a, I got a jubilee type of feel for that particular scene. Yes. So that's why, that's why I would want to have it more animated, so I we gotcha. can get a, a fuller, we can get into a, a fuller blossom of what she, what she's capable of, and then people won't have to worry like we have the budget to do what we really want to do with her draw it in okay now now you can go in okay let's do some proper research what can she do what can light do and then start going from there okay right all right i hear you see and that's where i struggled with because i came up with two streams of thought mm-hmm. do i want to have something a series that's going to follow her really from her original tale up to now mm-hmm. or do i want her more now and then have like flashbacks and maybe you know, right. go back that way. So, mm-hmm. no matter what, I would say, I know you're saying cartoon, I would go with a normal TV series. Okay. Right? A normal TV series, you know, even if it's done by Disney, you know, obviously it's got to be done by Disney because it's under Marvel, right? But I mean, a normal mm-hmm. TV series, and then I'll say my points real quick here, because you have the things that a series would be based off of. So we have uh, mystery, with the parents splitting up and her not knowing about her mom for years, being raised by a single dad. This will go right mm-hmm. now. That story will happen right now on TV, no problem, and the drama will go about it. So you know, right. that happening, uh, growing up, group of friends, teenagers, school, sneaking out, you know, the whole singing aspect, mm-hmm. you know, and key moments like that, right? And I don't think you have to follow it exactly from day one. So this is, to me, I would take a series, do her more now, and have, have it, with flashbacks to show key moments, right? You know, with me, actually, and I think I'm leaning that way towards it. So, give me a regular TV series because you have the family drama, you have the family dynamic. So, you have her mom, you have her dad. We know her dad's around at the beginning. You can bring her mom also into and show the straight, you know, strained relationship between her parents and her in the right. middle. A little bit older now because she understands everyone's there. Follow that her mom has to be under kind of a witness protection program. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with that. She can mention the X Men, but not, not not like allude to them mention them right the person that would need to be casted in my opinion would be long shot so yeah let me let me give 
you know, now and go with it and then see, okay, well, look, and then do flashbacks, do flashbacks because to put her in a series right now at the beginning and to put her in a white outfit and roller skates, it's going to no. be, you know, it, it's, yeah. you know, a wonder years kind of thing. It's not going to hold the same thing. In my opinion, you got to make her now and then do the flashback of her in the white outfit and roller 100%. skates. 100%. Uh, still have her doing that. And then I, I would say lean into a little bit more of her, her law school mentality. Right? That's a whole world right there where she can crisscross with people of the X-Men or outside the X-Men. And I would say the only person you would have to really cast would be whoever would be Longshot and have them come in, like, you know, in, on certain episodes because Longshot's in Mojo world and he's in our world and he goes back and forth and she goes back there. So the whole story would be for me, start here in the real world. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, she, you know, of Longshot goes back and forth. Maybe she doesn't want to be divorced. Okay. She's with child. I'm going with a classic idea. She's, she's with child at one point, but then she ends up. So the season one can be her, you know, and key points of her career, talking about it, going through, still dealing with those adventures, times she teams up with certain X-Men. You know, it's not going to be the big ones, maybe some of the smaller ones, you know, like Pixie, who shows up at one point. Even though she's in the movie, you can bring her in there because she'll do that. Show her in the, in the music industry. Show her starting her relationship again with Longshot because, you know, go through the point where he had amnesia and they started a relationship again. Um, you know, and, and you can bring in Mojo World. You can bring her being taken to Mojo World or she's going to Mojo World to get back Longshot because he was supposed to come back to then make it. And that's a whole rebellion that's happening in, in, in Mojo World. So she's starting to help with that. They rekindle their relationship. So it could be like three seasons. Easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and end it with, you know, her long shot together. And this time, really, Marvel, let's get on top of it. Let her be the biological mother of Shatterstar. I know they killed him off in Deadpool movie, but, you know, multiple universes. Anyways, let it be Shatterstar and let Shatterstar come in there and let Shatterstar, Shatterstar be, you know, his biological parents is Longshot and uh, Dazzler. I, I think with the family aspect, the family drama aspect, you know, uh, you know, it, it'd be more family-ish what's going on and living life day to day with superpowers as opposed to being a superhero and and so this way it's not a traditional superhero show you know you're gonna have you know her dad her mom long shot relationships friends friends people like her don't like her in the industry she's trying to make it as a singer she didn't ever hit that level so how does she deal with never making it to the top level that she has a talent to be. Not everyone makes it. So what does she do in the meantime? She's still going to pursue the dream, but then she's got to put food on the table. So she's going to be a starving artist or she's going to work and do that. And then maybe lean on that and then crisscross. So that's the way I see it. I think it can go for a couple of seasons live action. So yeah, I'm with that one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I'm seeing it. Okay. Right. right. Sounds good. So. Thank you. So who I would have um, cast Fantastic. as... Hit me with as, it. So like I said, I was in between now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to still have the same person. Now, we could have this person animated to look yeah. like this person. That'd be mm-hmm. great. Uh, if we do, you know, if we ever had to go a live one or live series, whatever, I'll still have the same person. So who I wanted mm-hmm. was Catherine Mac- McNamara. Catherine McNamara. Um, you would know her from a couple of stuff. Uh, she was in Maze Runner, Death uh, Cure. She was in Shadowhunters. Oh, okay. Mortal. But... Mainly, I know her from the Arrow universe. She was Maya Smoke, a.k.a. Green Arrow and Felicia's daughter. The last Green Arrow. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. She has the ability. Uh, again, these are, 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 I've already just shown you like three different, three different, uh, IPs that she deals with and all action based. So we don't, I mean, we know that she's, an, you know, she's a mutant with light powers and everything like that, but she's, she's a warrior. She's, she's a fight. She's on a fighting team. She's on an X-Men team. She's, she's interacting with Spider-Man. So this, I need someone who has the ability to show me athleticism who can, you know, keep up and, you know, be in the crossfire, be able to work, you know, be able to fight and be able to handle themselves. This is what, this is what I want. Now, again, we've seen Catherine, you know, handle herself in those shows, especially in Arrow, easily taking down, taking down individuals with, with, with not even, not even a, a breath of, of, you know, of, oh, I'm out of breath. Not no. even a drop of sweat. Not even a, Drop a sweat. Wow. So yes, I would I would go with Catherine McNamara uh, as my as my Allison Blair, okay, aka Dazzler. Like and that. because I, and this is where and this is where I got, that's why it got hard for me to say, do I want a live action? Because with her, if we were to get her, then maybe maybe I would I would toggle to a show, not a movie, mm-hmm. but to at least a series. Because we know if once people recognize who she is. Mm-hmm. Realizes she's doing a live adaptation. That would definitely that would get people to come in because I know she had a she had a good following. She had a good fan base, especially off of Arrow. So this this is it's nearly not even saying a no brainer, but you definitely have you definitely have a uh, an actress an actor who can just come in and people will recognize that oh oh I can see that clearly mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. that together. All right, I, I I like that. That that, that all right. That, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. See, so here's here's why I struggle. I I I had two people. Now I said if I had mm-hmm. to do the series from the very beginning, if you want to do it from her first appearance and all the way up, and they do it like a retro series and bring her up in time, that that's one thing. I had one actress in my head, um, and you know, and the more I think of it, I want to think I want to catch her more in the tail end of her career because if you had to do it from the beginning, we're not gonna get all those other. The permission to use all those other IP. You're not going to see, right. you know, the full X-Men walk in there and have speaking roles. That would have to be a movie, and it would be more of an X-Men movie than a Dazzler TV show or movie or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. that being said, I'm going to keep that other person for another time for something else. I'm going with Jenny McCarthy. From The Mass Singer, she dated, you know, you know, blonde-haired Jenny McCarthy. She's a little bit older. Don't matter. She's in great shape. If you watch the cast of The Masked Singer, she's there. She's going out with Donnie Wahlberg, or married to Donnie Wahlberg. She used to go out with Jim Carrey. She was a Playboy model. You know, she she's okay. yeah. So here and here's my thing about it. Her being, you know, the age she is is not because of the age, but she does. Uh, she she will remember disco. She is big into music. She's got a. You know, she's in great shape. She has a um, great timing, wit, and smart. Maybe people agree with her views and don't agree with her views. I'm not debating that. But she has written books on autism. She's She learns something, she gets into it, and she's passionate about it. So I like what she would bring. Now, am I trying to make it a comedy? No, I want to see her tackle something a little bit more serious. And I know she can do it. It's not I think she can do it. I know she can do it and do a serious role. She will have her... Her humor moments, 
where, you know, if she had to go and put on, you know, something happens, she's trying to put on one of her costumes and she can't find her current costume, the blue with the, the brown jacket. And she has to throw on, you know, the, the disco, the, the white outfit with her, with the roller skates. She yeah. would still pull it off and kind of play it tongue in cheek and then still go up there and do the scene. So that's who I'm going with is Jenny McCarthy to play Alison Blair. Okay. I, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure if she's in, I think she wrote skates also, but once again, she's huge <laughs> into music because of the mass mm-hmm. singer. She knows musicians. Obviously, I mean, look, she's married to a musician. <laughs> so she understands the life very well. And with her knowledge of the disco era, pop music today, singers and having that and being smart also. And of course, let's be real. He's got to be a little bit of sex appeal also as a performer or singer, right? She she embodies all of that. And I think she embodies all of that well. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. So that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Jenny McCarthy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. 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 You know, and that would bring it into the whole, okay, you know, and she can play, obviously she can play younger because she doesn't even look her age. So she can play younger. And the whole long shot thing, Shatterstar, yeah, I think that leads into it. And we know time travels, time goes by different in Mojo world than it does here in our world. So all of that does add okay. to my credence there for that. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Got you, Jenny. Right on. Well, brings us to that time of the show. So, Rod, any last words before we wrap it up? Uh, you know what? Uh, all I'm going to say is um, Dazzler is um, is a unique character. She is one that we we were happy to have seen on the big screen, um, but we didn't get a lot of her. We didn't yep. get we didn't give me not even a scratch of what she can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we can have the opportunity to to look into this character and realize that how how unique she is and how influential she is is that she basically was created out of the era of of a movement of a time of disco uh, uh back in the 70s late 70s and how she was grown from there to being interactive with other characters in the marvel universe that yeah i i believe she does have an opportunity to 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 put her stamp in the the canon and make herself known and be utilized at some point within there that you may not realize you may need an individual with light-based powers. Yeah. But if she's already canon in there, she's interacted with all of them. At some point, it wouldn't be too hard, too far-fetched. But once the X-Men are coming into play, she could be called upon. Nick Fury, S.H.I.E.L.D. She had to interact with S.H.I.E.L.D. at one time before. So she's worked with S.H.I.E.L.D. So again, it wouldn't be far-fetched that Nick knows of her and her abilities. And you think you're the only light-bearing person in in this universe? You know, kind of halfway subcoding uh, the first time he spoke to Tony Stark? Well, this, this is it. We can utilize her at some point. So, yeah, I, I think that's how, that's how I will look at it. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, this is why we thought of the show to have to bring light on some of the other characters that might not get a light on, right? So in the X-Men mm-hmm. movie, it, you know, she's just in the background. That's it. That's all we're going to get. But can she do her own? Well, clearly the books believe she could do her own. She's had her own yeah. book for a while. She's she she's led her own book for a while. And she can do it again. If she can do it on paper, she can do it on screen. There we go. 
So that being said, thank you everyone for tuning in once again on another episode of the Iconist podcast. We really appreciate everybody out there. Uh, you know, and thank you for liking our videos, supporting the channel, doing all that you do. And we keep doing it and coming back all the time after week. Mm. Remember, please like, subscribe, share, review, let your friends know about the show. Don't let the show be a secret. And as we always say, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. We out. Now I just gotta find my disco ball. Light break. Light break. Light break. Light break. You know, bring back 45s, 12 inches, um, and a Sony Walkman. There we go. Take care, everyone. Later.